Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're taking a look at what's happening in secondary and post-secondary education. Last week, the National Student Clearinghouse Research Center published data on enrollment levels at universities and community colleges across the United States. In most economic downturns, there's a loss of employment, and out-of-work people use the opportunity to retrain. In past downturns, university enrollments have been seen as recession-resistant. Enrollments have gone up as out-of-work, mature students decide to focus their efforts on an area of the economy that has higher demand than their previous job. Well, this year has been different. Undergraduate university enrollment is down 4% compared with the same time last year. And first-time enrollments are down 16.1%, but these are just averages. These numbers are significant because it's going to trickle through the entire system for the next four years. Graduate student enrollments grew by 2.7% this year, so perhaps students who might have otherwise entered the workforce elected to take their education one step further. Graduate students usually make up about 15% of the total university population, so the positive contribution of these new graduate students to the overall student population is estimated at 0.4%. It's not very much, and it doesn't offset the drop in new incoming students. Community colleges continue to suffer the most with a decrease of 9.4% on average. Even more concerning, the number of freshmen dropped most drastically at community colleges at 22%. At primary online institutions, where more than 90% of students enroll exclusively online, even before the pandemics, enrollments were growing at both the undergraduate and graduate levels, regardless of student age, and particularly adult students age 25 and older who make up most of the undergraduates in these institutions increased 5.5%. Enrollment of international students is down by 7.5%, and this makes sense with the global travel restrictions that have come with the pandemic the percentages mask the economic impact. Tuition levels for international students are traditionally higher than those for local students, so the economic impact is disproportionately high. The profit margin at most universities has historically been estimated to be in the 10% range, and in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis, these profit margins grew and peaked in 2011 at about 15%. But by the end of 2019, Profit margins across the industry were an alarming 3.5%. And today, with all the layoffs, profit margins are averaging at around 4.5%. So if enrollment is down in these bricks-and-mortar universities that have high fixed costs, many of them will be falling below profitable levels. Universities are real estate anchors in most communities. Neighborhoods and commercial main streets are entirely built around university campuses. On past episodes, we've discussed the changes happening in student housing as a result of the pandemic, but the impacts extend to almost every facet of the academic food chain. Dozens of universities have scaled back degree programs and laid off staff. Industry insiders are projecting that as many as 100 academic institutions may fail as a result of COVID-19. The fall in enrollment does vary by geography. Through the Midwest, Indiana, Wisconsin, New Mexico experienced the greatest drop in excess of 8% in enrollment. New Mexico was the worst at 9.9%, and only three states saw enrollments increase. They were Utah, Arizona, and West Virginia. The demographics are striking. University entrance in the 18- to 20-year-old age group dropped 12% for four-year programs, but university entrance aged 21 to 24 years of age dropped 40.5%. Entrants older than 25 years of age dropped 21%. The 
The two-year programs saw enrollment drop 19.1% for those aged 18 to 20 and by more than 25% for those entrants aged more than 20 years old. The schools at greatest risk are the public schools and the private nonprofit schools, but virtually no school is immune. The story of James Madison University in Virginia is one of many possible case studies that we could look at. They made a decision to extend spring break and graduation in the spring. By the middle of March, they had transitioned all of their classes online. They might be considered one of the most agile schools during this pandemic. They issued refunds for housing, food, and parking, and no refunds for tuition. And still, the school lost $30 million in just nine weeks. According to credit rating agency Moody's, 30% of colleges were running deficits before coronavirus. And not only that, 15% of public universities had less than 90 days of cash on hand. This is despite the fact that college tuitions for a four-year degree have multiplied by over 1,600% over the past 40 years. Universities used to rely on the notion of scarcity. That is, you could only have so many students in a class. For example, the law school at Yale has about 200 students. The classroom was only so big and a teacher could only mark so many papers. That scarcity meant they had to limit enrollment. But now, with the global reach of the internet, there's no real limitation on the number of students that can be reached. The incremental cost of adding a student in a virtual environment is quite small. There's a prediction that as the internet democratizes knowledge, about 25 to 30 percent of universities will close permanently in the next few years. And as you're evaluating communities to invest in, you're probably still assuming that the university is an anchor tenant in the community, and more importantly, it will endure past the pandemic. I want you to examine the financial viability of your local college or university as part of your due diligence in any local community in which you invest. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.